Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission and the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, before we dive into back into our series today, I have to mention some exciting news, and that is that I have a brand new devotional launching today. Yes, today. Ooh, congratulations, honey. <laughs> yes, with my dear, dear friend, Karen Eamon, and it's called Trusting God in All the Things. 90 devotions for finding peace in your every day. So I just encourage you to check that out. Celebrate with us today. It's it's sold wherever wherever books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, I don't even know all the places. Maybe. I don't know, but I give it two thumbs up. Yeah, that's what they always write. Two wherever well, books well, are sold, yeah. wherever books are sold, and I'm like, okay, well, let's think about that. You know, <laughs> like Books a Million. I guess that's another one. Yep. There's lots of places books are sold. So you can find Trusting God in all the things, 90 devotions for finding peace in your every day, uh, anywhere books are sold. And we'll be sure to put a link in the show notes to the brand new devotional. And I hope you'll celebrate with us. I'm actually doing a giveaway on my Instagram as well. So if you want to head on over there at Ruth Schwenk, you'll be able to check it out there. So today we are continuing our series called Making Art. And it's a series we've been doing through the season of Lent. And we're exploring the seven deadly sins and why pursuing holiness or virtue actually frees us to love God and others as we should. And as we've said from the beginning, Lent is a season where we're intentionally drawing closer to Jesus to be more like Jesus. And so we hope and pray that today's episode continues to help in that journey. And we're diving into um, one of those seven deadly sins, which if you haven't listened to the past episodes, be sure to check those out. We've covered a lot of, a lot of ground in we this series. Hard co- to believe we're almost to, to Easter, <laughs> almost done with the series. I know. We have covered a lot of ground and have had some really great feedback mm-hmm. so far on this series. So today we are um, diving into the topic of anger. I think we'll just maybe stay away from this one. (laughs) So this is going to be really good, and uh, we can't wait for you to join in the conversation. So let's go. Well, yeah, just, you know, as a reminder, we have been in this series now talking about, you know, the the life that God created us for and how we were made to live in relationship with God. We're made to live in in communion or friendship with him and uh, how God wants to give us life and he wants to set us free from from the power of sin and just Mm -hmm. how sin is everything that's dead and dying you know, in our life and, um, you know, that this life of holiness or righteousness or, or walking in virtue is meant to enable us to, to love God and to love others well, mm, um, yeah. you know, to give the best of who we are, uh, to other people. And so, you know, anger is something in our culture, especially, I mean, obviously anger is, we're going to talk about, um, is, is one of the oldest sins. You know, it's the first sin, I, th- I think, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but it's the first sin recorded outside of the garden in Genesis 4. Mm. We'll read that passage in a minute. So this is an old sin. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you think about the culture that we're living in right now, um, really since the pandemic and just everything that's transpired over the last couple of years, and it just feels like our culture um, is on edge. People are on edge with one another. There's a lot of anger uh, towards one another and, and relationships have, have really disintegrated or can disintegrate very easily. Mm. And and so you see like, you know, explosions of anger all the time. Some of those are rather comical. Um, you know, you just think about your own life and you know times where you've gotten really upset and you're just later on, you're like, what in the world? Yeah, what was, was wrong? Doing? What was wrong um, with me? That was right? really silly. Or you see a, a four-year-old <laughs> yeah. just have a complete meltdown. 
And you want to laugh out and you're loud. Like, oh, that's yeah. me. I just thank you, Lord. You just gave me a picture of what I look like. Right. Um, and so you know, some of those those you know anger uh, induced meltdowns are comical, and and yet most of them, as we just think about our own life, or you, know, you think about the life of other people. I mean, it's serious, you know. Yeah. And you think about the damage that can be done um, between a parent and a child, perhaps because of anger in a marriage. Uh, in a family or, or in a relationship or even within a church. I mean, just anger mm-hmm. um, can do all sorts of, of devastating things, you know, relationally. And so we want to look today, you know, briefly at this next deadly sin and just talk a little bit about, about you know, what that looks like, how we can overcome it and, um, and live, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the, the contrasting or the positive virtue, which we'll talk just briefly uh, towards the end and look at meekness and how meekness mm-hmm. is really that positive. We said all throughout this series that there is the deadly sin, there's the vice, mm-hmm. uh, but on the positive side, there's always a corresponding virtue. Honey, that's and, what I uh, usually I say. I know, I'm stealing it from you today because you, you got to talk <laughs> a lot at the beginning, so I figured I'd just, you know. Steal your thunder today. <laughs> and so that, that positive side uh, to anger is is meekness. Hmm, that's so and interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, so let's look at Genesis 4. You know, I mentioned just a, a couple minutes ago that um, you know anger is the oldest sin, you know, or the, the, the first sin recorded for us outside of the garden. And so mm-hmm. maybe we can start with that story yeah. um, of Cain and Abel there in Genesis mm-hmm. chapter 4. Yeah, I'll read that. Genesis 4, 1 through 7 says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Yeah, we've said this already, but, you know, again, uh, anger is one of the oldest of the the deadly sins. Mm, And you just see that, you know, I mean, in, in our culture, you know, you see, you know, the sin of anger, you, you see how people wrestle with that, you see the violence or the oppression that is the result of anger. And anger is not just an American problem, it's a human problem, right? I mean, so when you just think about the sin of anger, we're talking about every culture, every race, I mean, every era, I mean, I mean it has really wrestled with anger because, again, anger is something that resides in the human heart. Mm. Um, and not only is anger like the oldest of the, of, of this, or one of the oldest of the seven deadly sins, but it's also one of the most dangerous. I mean, if you, if you were to keep reading in that passage, you know, that you just read Genesis chapter four verses eight and nine, you, you see the devastating uh, consequence of that. You know, verse eight says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. Mm. Uh, then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And, um, you know, he responds by saying, I don't know, uh, am I my brother's keeper? Mm-hmm. And, and so you see not only one of the oldest of the seven deadly sins, but you see how dangerous, how destructive it is in this, this biblical example, the first chapter, um, you know, outside of the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, of course, is the story of creation. Genesis 3 is the fall. And so Genesis 4 is, is this record of what life looks like outside of the garden when humanity is has really turned against God, and you see the presence and power of anger already mm-hmm. in the biblical narrative. Well, and I think you see this jealousy, really, that turns into right. anger, which is very interesting. You know, that's really where it's starting, because Cain is 
he, he's upset. I mean, don't you see the offering I brought? You know, right. I mean, that in, in essence, that's what he's thinking. You know, Lord, I brought this offering. Why is it not as good as Abel's? Yep. And so he's he's angry about that. He's angry at God. He's jealous with his brother. Right. You know, he, he's uh, upset that he's not getting God's approval like he mm-hmm. wants or something that he wants that he's not getting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting in the New Testament, you know, of course, you know, Matthew 5 through 7 is that Sermon on the Mount. And, and what Jesus does is he, you know, he takes the law in any, you know, whether he's talking about adultery or, you know, here he's talking about, you know, anger or murder. And he's, he's really talking about, you know, this is bigger than just breaking a commandment. You know, this mm-hmm. goes deeper that, that, um, this begins in the human heart. And so in Matthew five, you know, verse 21, we read, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Mm. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the mm. fire of hell. And so Jesus makes it very clear that that murder, you know, violence, that it all begins in the heart. It begins with anger. And so um, Jesus is saying, really, murder begins in the heart. Hmm. Um, and, and so we're to crucify, you know, um, that. Yeah. Well, and in, in that story of Cain and Abel, that's exactly what happens. What happens? Yep. See, I mean, it's so clear that it begins in the heart of, like we said, this jealousy, and then, and then, um, it, you know, James chapter four anger. is another great biblical example uh-huh. of that, where you know James is writing to that church, and he's you know dealing with conflict they're having, arguing they're having, and mm. and he essentially is is saying, listen, you, the reason you, you know you're attacking one another is, is, you know, you, you covet, there's things that you want that you're not getting. Hmm. And so you have these desires, but they're fallen desires. And so mm-hmm. there's things that you're after that you want. Um, and those desires have become demands and when you're not getting what it is that you want, then you begin to punish one another. Hmm. And so there's this anger that, that literally was, was leading some, um, you know, in, into even physical, um, you know, violence with one mm. another. And so, uh, again, another example of just how old anger is and how dangerous it can be and how it, it really does begin in the human heart. And we need God's grace. We need the power of his spirit to, um, to deal with that. Mm. And I'm, we'll go on obviously and talk about anger and I know like how we deal with anger. Um, but I think that it, a good thing to talk about right now, because I, I can, I've heard this question so many times and, and honestly, there's times that I've wondered, like, is it okay to be angry in that situation? You know what I mean? The question right, is right. always like, well, I should be, or some some people are like, well, I, I have the right to be angry about yeah. that. And so I think that this would be a really good place to park for a minute is just where, when is it okay to get angry? Is there ever a time to get angry? What does that look like? I was pretty upset when Michigan got beat the other night, you know, <laughs> okay. when, when they got knocked out of the... Out of the tournament. Yeah, I'm sorry, We should have honey. won that game. We I were shooting know. terrible. That and, is bad. Um, but anyways, <laughs> you're, you know, it's, you bring up a great point because I think that, that there is biblically a, a distinction that should be made between righteous anger and, and unrighteous anger. And, you know, and, and you know, as you read um, the Bible, you, you begin to discover that there's lots of times where God gets angry mm. um, and he, you know, he reveals his wrath or exercises his wrath. And, you know, we, we've talked about anger in the past and maybe in season one, Um, and so that would be some great episode. I think we did two episodes on overcoming anger, Mm. but I remember in one of those episodes, uh, we talked about how, you know, God's anger is always an expression of what it is that he loves. Mm. And so when you think about God's righteous anger, he gets upset at the right things or for the right reasons. And so God gets angry, for example, at, uh, impurity because he's a God of purity, 
Um, you know, God gets angry at uh, falsehood because he's a God of truth. You know, those kinds of things. So we see God demonstrating uh, his anger or his wrath in response or as an expression of what it is that that he delights in, what it is that he wants. And mm-hmm. so you, know, you think about that as a parent, maybe when you think about your own kids and, you know, uh, somebody that, that has um, threatened your child, you know, or done something, um, you know, that, that might put your child in danger, something that they've said that was cruel or unjust. Mm. And the natural response for you as a parent is to get angry at that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, controlled anger. Um, but, but there is a righteous anger that is demonstrated because you're wanting to protect your child who, who, you know, maybe was innocent and was being unfairly treated. And so, you know, it's not a perfect analogy, but that idea that, that when God gets angry, he always gets angry for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, and so as we think about that distinction then in the Bible, just in our own life is that there is a kind of righteous anger. We, if we never got angry, um, that yeah. would be a bad thing. It, yeah. it would, um, expose something in our own heart that, that is missing. Like we ought to get mm. angry at, at things that are unjust or not mm-hmm. right. Now it doesn't give us license to go do what we want and say what we want. Right. Um, we're still called to behave in a Christ-like manner mm-hmm. and to be humble and to mm-hmm. be gentle and to be controlled. As we'll talk about in a minute, being meek, you know, that's anger under control. Mm. But that is a righteous anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, you know, where Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and, sa- and slander, along with every form of malice. Um, and then he'll he'll also say in Ephesians, you know, in your anger, do not sin. Hmm. And so there is a kind of anger that, that the Christian can have or should have. Where they're not sinning. Um, where they're not sinning. Right. Um, and, and so really what we want to be careful of is that unrighteous anger. And that's what Paul's talking about here mm-hmm. in Ephesians 4, verse 31. Or 1 Timothy 2, 8 is another example where where Paul writing to, to young Timothy there says, therefore I want um, the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger mm-hmm. or disputing. And so that kind of unrighteous anger is the kind of anger we're, we're to put off, mm-hmm. uh, to crucify, to get rid of so that we might walk uh, in Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, we'll talk more about this in a few minutes, like you said, but I, I think in our righteous anger, we need to be careful not to sin, right, you know, really absolutely. with the yep. way we act. And, and that's really, really important because it's one thing to, for it to be righteous anger and for that anger to be validated. It's a whole nother, th- it's a whole nother thing. The way we actually, th- that manifests itself. Well, I, and I think that's an excellent point. Like I, you think about again, um, just, I mean, the culture we're living in and there's an awful lot just, you know, in terms of being a Christian, you look at the church and different things that have happened within the church at large mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things to be disappointed about, things to be concerned about or to be mm-hmm. angry about. Um, but you also see sometimes with social media, uh, with the Internet, just how people go about or how Christians go about voicing that that frustration, that anger, that disappointment. And so, you know, even in situations where somebody is in the wrong or a church is in the wrong or a leader is in the wrong, mm-hmm. I think we need to be really careful as followers of Jesus to even even then, um, even as we conduct ourselves online and maybe it's the writing of a blog post or a Facebook status or Instagram, mm-hmm. post, like we just need to be really careful that in our anger, we don't sin mm-hmm. and that we still are, are writing or talking or presenting ourselves um, in a way that is, that is honorable, mm-hmm. uh, that is holy, that is righteous. And so you I think you're exactly right. Yeah. So here's a few ways to see, I think, 
if that anger is maybe unrighteous, like how do we identify Gosh, that? I'm so, so glad I don't wrestle with any of these. So yeah. I'm just going to take a, take a drink here and sit back and relax. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, well, well, you just expose everybody else's heart <laughs> right, except for mine. Right. <laughs> no. So here's some signs of unrighteous anger. And I think this is a list that is helpful for all of us because I don't know about you, but I identify with, well, not all of these, but some of them, uh, explosive words, emotional outbursts that's like the four-year-old you said in like yeah, in the yep. at the grocery store and then we're like oh wait i do that too <laughs> emotional outbursts withdrawal that, that's a funny one withdrawal you know we don't think about that as a form of anger honey i wish that this was not on the list what? Well, because are i you guilty of this honey yes I'm and i'm feeling notes, really convicted note. right now <laughs> um, but yeah some people they you know they punish somebody else with their silence and that, yeah. it's so different than than the emotional outbursts, right? Or the, mm-hmm. you know the nasty words. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so yeah. a lot of times, you know, somebody you know can can express anger by withdrawal. They mm-hmm. they stop calling or texting, and, mm-hmm. and they're really punishing somebody else uh, with their silence mm-hmm. or their distance. Uh, gossip, irritability, punishing with silence. Well, I guess that's similar to withdrawal. Yep. Throwing objects, cutting off a relationship, or sulking or pouting. Now, I think when I was younger, you know, when we were younger. How, is this like, like last month or <laughs> a couple of years ago? Like when we were first married, like the okay. pouting, I probably had, I probably did that a little bit, but then. I don't remember you doing that, honey. You, you've oh, been pretty maybe I like didn't. Jesus since yeah, I've known you. Right. <laughs> well, we'll, so that I feel like that's a really helpful list and we'll be sure that that list is in the show notes because I think that's good for us. You know, honestly, I might write this list down and keep it. Oh, just yeah. uh, it's a good reminder like, oh, wait a minute. This, you know, yeah, sometimes on we list, don't realize don't... that anger is creeping in because when I think about anger, I'm thinking about yelling. Yeah. You, know? you think about, you know, somebody that's really hot headed and they just explode with mm-hmm. with wild, yeah. you know, crazy words or you know, right. throw an object. But, yep. you know, it is, like just thinking about like as a parent, I know we have a lot of parents that that listen to the podcast or, you know, maybe with young kids. And I, I just think it's so important to to get a hold of that and to allow God to ask God um, to beg God for mm. the grace and the spirit um, of God to, to change you in this area because I just think mm. anger can be so destructive in a family and, and, and mm-hmm. in a kid's heart and mind and so I think it's so important like, you know you think about the idea of, of just ways that that um, you know kids really young kids in particular will reciprocate our emotional well-being yes. and so you just think about like the, you know the emotional well-being of the parent gets reflected and then reciprocated, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the child. And, and so if you have a parent, for example, that's really angry um, and, and just sort of, uh, you know, can fly off the, the handle, um, that, that does something to a child. They, they grow up um, not sure. They, they feel like they're walking on eggshells, you know, mm-hmm. with a parent. And so mm-hmm. that, that sticks with them or can if that's a consistent habit and, and kind of culture within the home. And so, um, you know, we just really need to be careful of just our own, spiritual, emotional well-being, you know, in this area, be, because it, it, it can leave an imprint. Just think about the, you know, the analogy of wet cement. And uh, you think about when your kids are really young, you know, um, how you're, it's like you're leaving an imprint. Mm-hmm. And the older they get, that, that cement begins to dry. Uh, not that not that God can ever change that or you can't redeem that. So I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. sound um, discouraging for parents. But I just think it's it's that important, especially when well, kids are younger, to be creating a home that's calm and stable and and again, you know, honoring of God, it just, it creates so much um, safety and security in a child. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, honestly, this whole series is so important because we always, as parents, have to be working on ourselves. Um, it, it, li- our lives obviously will not look perfect, 
But I think when, when our children see us continuing to work on ourselves, that has an impact on them. And it has an impact impact on who they become as they grow up. And an interesting thing I was, you know, is that a lot of times we're also teaching our kids how to act in situations. And so if, if we're flying off the handle all the time, we're, that's what we're teaching them. You know what I mean? And so it's always keeping those things in mind as well. And I think all of this whole series that we've been doing, making art with our lives, you know, it's, it's first and foremost, first and foremost, us working on ourselves, because that really is what's going to impact our kids. They're watching. And it's, Again, I just, I can't say enough. It's not going to look perfect, but it's that day by day journey of growing closer to Jesus. And then our kids watching us in that. That's so important. I, we won't name the child, but I remember one of our kids. What, what was it used to say to them um, about, about um, reigning in the, what would you, I can't oh, remember yeah. how oh, you would oh, say it. Was it. A, it, was, it was oh, about, I use the analogy of a horse yeah, that's and right, their emotions that's right. and how you have reins with a horse. And if you were, if you were riding a horse and your horse you know, out of control got, or... got of control was running away like your emotions can run away you would use your reins to kind of pull back and, and control the horse and I would always say rain it you know like <laughs> like you're raining in the horse that was my reminder to yeah, them I, was, I thought that was good honey. which we all need that reminder at yeah, times I right? would always so. yeah I feel like yeah you should do that kids and then I would think oh I need to do that <laughs> right. so I was so always okay that. so let's move on so the vice is anger and the virtue then like you already mentioned honey is meekness which yeah i you, love that we, i that's think, yeah. really a powerful picture well i think me. you know matthew chapter 5 verse 5 again that sermon on the mount where you know jesus is talking about what it looks like to live um you know when god reigns and rules in your life this is what what life in the kingdom looks like and he starts out you know blessed are the poor in spirit um but but verse 5 you know jesus is talking about blessed are the he's talking about meekness and he says blessed mm-hmm. are the meek for they'll inherit the earth and, you know, and you people have probably heard that, you know, that idea that meekness is not weakness, that really meekness um, is that that idea of, of really, you know, it's being under control. It's it's not um, in any way, um, you know, a weakness, but but to be meek means to be gentle. Mm, um, mm-hmm. It's not given to sort of this irrational, uncontrollable anger. You know, anger just breeds more anger. And, and so meekness really is. I think in part learning to, to trust God and not having to right every wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's uh, being gentle. It's putting others at ease. You think about the mm-hmm. angry person. Again, when somebody's angry, you have a friend that's angry or a parent that's angry. You're always on eggshells because um, mm-hmm. you're not sure how they're going to respond or what they're going to say or what they're going to do. And like nobody wants to be around that person. Um, and I've been that person um, mm-hmm. throughout my life. And I cringe sometimes thinking about how in different you know scenarios, you know, that that was me. Um, and yet meekness is, is, is not that meekness, you know, again, is, is a gentleness. It's mm-hmm. being under control and gentleness always puts others at ease. So in our righteous anger, we respond with meekness as well. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's what we were getting at earlier is we would get to this point to understand that we can have righteous anger um, but we can also sin in our righteous anger. The righteous anger that is controlled is a, is a meek, righteous anger yeah. that has a gentleness about it. Um, that has a gentle confidence probably right. is. A, I mean, a you think about the life. Of, I mean, Jesus was meek. Mm-hmm. Nobody's pushing Jesus around. There, there is That's a strength true. about Jesus. There is a power about Jesus. There is a majesty and a greatness about him. Mm-hmm. And yet there is a tenderness about him. There's a gentleness about him. And so Jesus is meek. I mean, nobody's pushing him around. He's king of kings and lord of lords. He's a suffering servant. 
but there are times where he gets angry, but it's never an out of control, irrational, sinful anger. Mm -hmm. And so he, he is, um, he is meekness, um, for us to, to model. And, um, and again, when he does get angry, it's, it's always uh, a righteous anger, anger. It's a controlled anger. And so maybe we can close just the last couple minutes, um, just talking briefly then about, you know, how do we overcome anger? What, what are some really helpful questions that maybe somebody can ask themselves when they do get angry? And so just a couple mm-hmm. questions maybe for reflection. Again, I would just encourage anybody listening to this to go back and, um, and if they haven't already listened to those two episodes that we did, I think in season one, talking about overcoming anger. And I think we do talk, you know, more at length there about some of these questions, but let's hit just a couple of those really quickly as we close. And these questions, I've heard you share these questions a few times, honey, and probably sermons or, and I just, oh, they're so good and so helpful for us to reflect on, um, because I think in our anger, like a lot of times you said later on, we're like, oh, my word, that was so silly. What was I thinking? You know what I mean? And so this these questions really are helpful to, to understand and get to the root of the issue, because that's the bottom line. There's something else going on there. Right. If I'm there's angry, a, there's, there's a sin some, underneath the sin. Right. So here's a few questions. What am I not getting that I believe I really need, want or deserve? What do I have that I am that? I am fearful of losing. And do I really believe that God is at work in and through my life? Those are some really helpful questions yeah, to I ask think, yourself. You know, again, I would just encourage somebody to really maybe get alone and, and to take those questions and really reflect upon their own life. We've talked about that daily examine before and just that spiritual practice of, of reviewing your day and rejoicing over God's grace in your day, but also repenting over some of those places where we failed to radiate the love of God in our life and then mm-hmm. requesting God's grace as we move into a new day. And these would be some great questions as a part of maybe that practice, that daily examine or examination of conscience to really examine um, the, our, our struggle with anger mm-hmm. and to kind of probe a little bit deeper uh, with, with some of those questions and really to ask God, you know, by his grace to give us victory over mm-hmm. those areas where we just know we keep, you know, failing in this area mm-hmm. so that we might, you know, again, put to death everything that's dead and dying in our life, put to death those sins that, that are robbing us of being able to love God as we should and love others uh, as we should. We want to give the best of who we are uh, to other people mm-hmm. and um, in walking in meekness um, will enable us to do that where anger does not. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're doing this series, Making Art and Going Through These Seven Deadly Sins, because because it's so important that we that we take a look at these areas in our lives and we uh, learn to draw closer to Jesus as we kind of put to death some of those things um, that we may be struggling with. So, well, friend, we're so grateful that you've joined us. I hope that you're enjoying this series, Making Art. We will make sure that we put um, some links to the past episodes of this series so you can be sure to listen if you've missed any of those. If we haven't met yet, we want to get to know you. So so be sure to join us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook. And don't forget, everything we talked about will be at Ruth likefaith.com forward slash podcast. Okay, friend. Well, we will chat soon and we hope you have the best week.